I remember more than a few times where to eat lunch, I was digging through the cushions to find enough, yeah, you know, change to go eat at McDonald's, like right. that type of thing. And so, um, you know, and it wasn't like abject poverty or anything, but I was very uncomfortable for several years. And I saw all of my friends being able to go on vacations and sure, buy things they sure. wanted and do things. And that was just not available to me at all. Um, and that was, that was frustrating. And, and, and you wonder if you're just wasting all this time. You're just right. like, am I being stupid? Should I just go get in line at another company and work my way up? I could do that. Right. You know, um, all so my what, friends are what, doing What that. made you think either you could or you, you know, where, where was the light at the end of the tunnel? What were you seeing? Was it, an opportunity and just a tweak here and a tweak there. Or, I think I mean, something kept you Corey grinding. And I, Corey and I are both. Uh, we have two qualities that I think really unite us, and they're shared by my dad and everyone in my family. Really, one is uh, we are just eternal optimists. We always That's believe great. that we can turn it around. We always believe that that our best day is tomorrow. It's coming, you know, and and, and we'll put the work in for that. Um, the other thing is that we have a high risk tolerance. We'll keep rolling the dice, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think we liked the idea of saying we're going to bet on ourselves a little longer. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. Here is Martin Grumberg. All right, before we jump into this episode, I'd like to encourage you, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the Habits to Goals podcast. Do us, Henry and I, a huge favor, if you could please, leave a review. And finally, if you're new to the program, you're looking for a quick resource and a great tool, just text me, us, at 33444. Again, that's 33444, and simply text four goals. That's the number four, G-O-A-L-S. So that's four goals to 33444. You'll be dialed in. You'll get the template right away. Now let's bring it back to this episode. All righty. Here we go. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg, and we are in the studio. And this time, once again, I have, <laughs> I have taken the studio on the road. We have an absolutely fantastic guest today. A man whose intellect I greatly admire. He was, well, he wins all sorts of awards, so I'll, I'll ask him about that. But it's like 40 under 40, best places to work. I don't even know. We'll get into all of it. Casey Wright, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, great. You're looking good. You're looking sharp. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so thanks for letting me set up shop in your uh, fantastic company. Mm -hmm. And I think you know how we like to kick off the interview, something called the GTR. Do you know what that is? I do. It's you the, do. It's, it's, I do now. All right. Uh, thanks to the pre-show grilling. But the, uh, the good thing report. Um, so let's see. Good thing report. Yeah. Now you get you can defer. It's like a little like football. You can I you can, can you, you can kick off or I you can take it. It's up to this. This is a coin flip. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off the. I would like to you, see your GTS first. That's good. <laughs> I'm gonna take the advantage. Yeah. I want okay. to see the defense. Well, 
So right now we have a pumping south swell. <laughs> and normally I don't talk about surfing and such. There are people who don't know that's a surfing term. That's right, like right. Really so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I'm blown away. You know, it's it's kind of that week where you really love living in San Diego. So doing what you do, the water's warm, spring is here. And yeah, after soaking in it for an hour and a half, I'm here with you. So life is very good. That's my GTR. Uh, you know, my, <laughs> my, mine's going to be uh, very reminiscent of yours because I, I was telling you just I just got a scooter, um, which is <laughs> a all, scooter. It's a little like a little moped type thing. It's a Honda Ruckus. It's the it's the most hilarious looking thing. I seriously, I look like a you know 14 year old on this thing. <laughs> no, you look like that. The clown in the circus. It, the clown a ruckus. The, it's called a Honda Ruckus. How do you spell it's that? It's basically like a, a Vespa or something. Okay. Uh, but I just found out yesterday that they make custom sidecars for this. So, I, so <laughs> it I, really is a clown car. Yeah, it really is. So I can uh. fulfill my dream of driving around town in a scooter with my dog in a sidecar with goggles. And incredible! It's really happening. I didn't. <laughs> I'm dead. Dare to dream. Yeah. I, by the end of this month, I will the have dog a, in the goggles. Is <laughs> It just doesn't get any better than that. So that's your GTR. That is my GTR. We have other stuff too. I did. Yeah. To your point about the awards, I. I, uh, It was the yesterday found out that I've been nominated for most admired CEO for the third consecutive year. Most admired. Can I give you a high five over the mic? Uh, Yeah. Wow. That was really cool. I never win the damn thing, but they. Hey, it's an honor to be. It's an insult just to be nominated. (laughs) No. Just Just to be. On the big board. Yeah. yeah. I think there's only like, uh, it's like 150 people who get nominated. There's only like 160 <laughs> CEOs in San Diego. So, <laughs> but, but still, it's, it's, it, <laughs> it's still very nice. Wow. Um, and then we, you know, business is good. So that, those, all that stuff is good. That, that, that triage together, or that, that triad together makes my life pretty yeah, happy. Yeah. That yeah. is a nice triad. <laughs> triad. Triad. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's back it up because, all they hear is probably us laughing and wondering why the hell they should be paying attention. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to save that for you. And just let's go back to the, not the beginning, but maybe high school-ish, before you became the great entrepreneur mm-hmm. and the award-winning CEO yeah. that you are. The award-nominating um, CEO. Right, right. Well, that's, that's an <laughs> award. Um, <laughs> so high school, where where'd you grow up? Sure. What part of the world? Pretty close to here, really. I uh, grew up about an hour north of here in Mission Viejo. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, so, the mean streets of MV. <laughs> you know, when I was <laughs> when I was growing up, they actually, uh, th- this was at the time when they did, like, you know, safest cities in America. And two out of the four years I was in high school, Mission Viejo was rated the safest <laughs> city in America. So there, it was hard to get into trouble in high school. Right. And, um, and sorry to cut you off. Your, no. your parents were... Already all-stars in the real estate space exactly. at that time? Yeah, my okay. parents were successful real estate agents. My dad started in uh, mobile home sales of all things and then just uh, went nuts doing that. He was actually working three different jobs at the time. And then mobile home sales just went nuts. And he did really well with that. Eventually transitioned into being a full-time residential real estate agent. Eventually that did so well that he brought my mom on. And they became one of the first husband-wife teams, which is very common now. But at the time, almost nobody was doing it. And then uh, over time, that team did so well that they grew to to have a lot of other agents and realtors. And they still uh, operate a team. They don't actively sell anymore, but they have like, I think it's like 28 
agents selling on their team. It's one on, of the largest on behalf teams. of them. Yeah, and they're not even running around doing it themselves. No, but they they very they're very active in mentoring and coaching. Their right, team, which is pretty and cool. I'm guessing it's the right team. It is the right team. <laughs> it, yes, is it is the right team. The right spelled W R I G H T. Yeah. So. That's fascinating on a couple counts. First of all, the the distinction you made between them or about them being kind of the first husband-wife team, and now it's very commonplace. But I think the the point about him being <laughs> a mobile home salesman and killing it, <laughs> and then, though I don't know why I'm laughing, but for him to transition into residential real estate and then be super successful – I'm just thinking he's a great salesman yeah. and a great guy yeah. because he could probably be selling anything. If he's doing that with mobile homes and then houses, I'm sure he's you're, he's a great man. Uh, your instincts are 100% on it. Uh, he's the type of, of guy that can sell you anything, and it's because you really just trust him. And he really has your best interest at heart. So, right. um, And he, he brings that approach to anything he does. So, yeah, he he's one of those guys that he is always selling something. And, and literally, he's always selling something. When you go and eat dinner with my dad, <laughs> he'll, he'll take you to a restaurant. He'll tell you why it's the greatest restaurant now sure. in Southern Orange County. He'll tell you about why this is the best dish and it's better than this. And you've got to get it. Right. And he's just always doing that. But it really is motivated out of he's just passionate about life. He's passionate about a lot of things right. in life. And he wants everyone to enjoy them. But what a great mentor to see that, to live with that. And, and I'm curious, I'm kind of going off the board here. What, what were his influences in his mentor? Was it his father? Was he studying stuff? Um, sounds like a really, uh, unique, powerful man. Yeah. So, uh, he would, I think he would say that his mentor was his father. Um, although he learned some different lessons from his dad than I did from, from mine. Um, some of the same, some have been handed down multi-generation, but, my grandfather was, uh, he was a baker, um, and he was the first, uh, man in my, my family to ever own a business, um, which was a huge deal. But basically. Was that in Southern California? Yeah, that would have been in, um, it would have been in Anaheim. Okay. Yeah, their family originally came from Arkansas, moved out here, and my dad was just, uh, an infant. But, so they get out here and, um, and start their own business. But, it was, <laughs> it's all the things that people dream about when they start a business. It was the exact opposite running this business. You had to be in at three in the morning to start getting the bakery stuff ready. It was that you, you were always living paycheck to paycheck. It was, you know, you almost made less money than you would have if you would have gotten them in baker somewhere else. <laughs> well, it's the classic e-myth. Yeah. You're, I mean, if you've read that book, he starts with the analogy of, of the baker guy and the guy realizes then, he gets into it because he loves baking, but then he realizes somebody needs to wash the windows, somebody needs to do the financing, somebody needs to clean the floors. So my dad was the guy cleaning the floors. Uh, if you wanted to ask what, what my dad learned, right, got it. When he was, you know, five years old, he was in the bakery doing Helping work. Dad, he would get, he would go, and I remember this was his high school experience, and so different from mine. That's so great. He would get up at four in the morning to go work at the bakery for two hours before he'd go to school. Then he'd go to school, uh, and he'd come, he'd made baseball practice. Right. He was always really good at baseball. That was his passion. He'd come home and he'd work, uh, for another two hours at the bakery, then come home and do homework, fall asleep and wake up and do the whole thing all over again. That was his whole high school experience. Wow. You know, so that's what he learned from, from his father, his sure. work ethic, you know. Um, and, and somewhere and, along the way, he picked up. Well, and that's why Some sales. Well, and that's why mobile home sales seem like easy money to him. Because after you come from that, everything's easy money, right? Jesus. So that that's kind of what it was. Is that he just has this? My right. dad will go through anything right. to get what he wants. Right. You know, which is pretty well, cool. What an amazing mentor! So they end up killing it 
or or doing well as a as the right team, mm-hmm. and then as you're working your way, where do you go through college or to college? Yes, Hopefully so, through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I never got a degree, so I bounced, oh, I bounced okay. around college. College was never really for me. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> it really wasn't. I, That's good. Yeah, and it's in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to for the audience. Yeah, those of you in college, or if your daughter's right. listening. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it, it's one of those things that that I really my heart wasn't in college. I knew that I didn't. I wasn't passionate about it. But it was really important to my dad, who never had that opportunity. And so he set aside money for us to go to college. And it was basically this tacit arrangement we sure. had, which is that I could screw around and be a 19 year old who didn't have a job as long as I would show up to class every once in a while. So that's basically what I did, but I never really cared about getting a degree. Well, that was nice of him. And it's interesting too. It's almost like he just wanted, I don't want to psychoanalyze something on the air here, but it's almost like he wanted to give you something he didn't necessarily have. Yeah. And you you don't have to psychoanalyze. He thought it was just, would have been so great for you to experience it. My dad would. And then you went and let him down. It's exactly right. (laughs) It's exactly right. Um, No, you're not entirely wrong. Like it's, uh, my dad's very proud of of how everything's turned out, but no, at the the time it was a betrayal to him because he had set aside this opportunity for me that he would have killed for when he was a kid and that was just never available to him. Yeah. And he saw how hard he had to work right. just to be able to, to do mobile right. home sales. Right. And he looked at me and he says, I'm giving you a red carpet to whatever future you want and you can't show up to class. You, you don't care about this. Like it, it was a slap in the face and I was too young and immature to understand that at the time, but also it's just not what I wanted. And that's part of it. Um, you know, for him <clears throat> to project that on you, um, is tough because he he's obviously trying to do all the right things, but but it's a, you're a different person and it's a different environment and 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 it's all around your desire. So mm-hmm. without your desire, obviously that didn't go anywhere. So so you worked your way. Well, that's, through. A, that's so I was I right. You very, worked you worked your way through college. Uh, I did get very close to the end. I literally was just a few credits short of graduating, which is I, probably my own psychoanalysis thing that we have to. Figure I'm out. actually. Realizing now, I think I've interviewed more dropouts than uh, graduates. But yeah, that's keep, my experience. Yeah. No, that's my experience of entrepreneurs. I know a lot of times I go on vacations, a lot of entrepreneurs, and there's always that moment where you kind of so tell me about your educational background, and nobody has an educational background <laughs> they're proud of. Like, um, like yeah, I kind of dropped out of this place, right, or I got right, kicked right. out of this place. Um, so, but at any rate, um, what we what did happen in college is that. Um, my parents, um, one of their other innovations was that as they were starting to transition out of the business, um, and they had always had this print marketing business that where, or, uh, print marketing was a big part of their business where they were spending about a hundred thousand dollars a year in brochures, flyers, mailers going out. And that was a big part of how they would grow their business as they were starting to transition out of the business. They knew they didn't want to sell as much. Um, they didn't want to take on this expense of this overhead anymore. And so that's when they came to me and my brother and they said, Hey, you know, we've heard about this newfangled internet thing. And what year is this about? This is probably like 2002, 2003. Oh, really? That late? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, was thinking so, it was late nineties. No, 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 no. So email marketing didn't really come to real estate even until the mid two thousands. Uh, was really when we started getting into it and especially with content marketing and stuff, nobody was really did, doing that. Did your brother make it through school? 
He did. In fact, my, my brother, not only did he make <laughs> he's it He's the cherished. Yeah. He, oh, and he's got the first kid and everything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. He's happily married. Oh, it's great. Man. It, now he gives me cover. No, not no, at all. I'm kidding. I'm just you're kidding. He gives me cover. It's right, great. Right. I don't no, have to have kids. Perfect. I don't have right. to get a degree because right. Corey's got all that shit, right. you know? Right. Right. So it's nice. Um, as gotta, long as I they gotta, have I got to write down my E for explicit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I won't. No, I just got to remember to designate it. Oh, no, I cannot do that again. You can bleep that one out. No, it's fine. I'm sorry. You for some reason, years. they're more they're more popular when they have the E designation. In <laughs> For some reason, they don't expect it's going to be awesome. Yeah, they don't expect it's just going to be one. Okay, guy. so he graduates, you don't, and yeah. they come to you and they say, "Tell me about this internet thing." Well, basically, they said we, we're thinking about getting out of the business. We'd like to get rid of this hundred thousand dollar print marketing expense we have every year and transition over to email marketing, which we is going to be basically free. Would you and your brother set up an email marketing program for it? <laughs> basically free? Yeah, they're like yeah, they're like that's funny. I mean, yeah, relative. I yeah. To, at the time to print marketing, um, they're like, we know our business is going to fall off a cliff a little bit, but this will at least let it go grade down a little more, right? Right. So we're like, yeah, sure, okay, uh, low stakes. So we come back on, I think it was like a summer break. It was literally like um, we had a couple weeks and Corey and I put it together. And <laughs> and over the next couple of weeks, months, and, and over the next year, we find out that not only did their business not fall off a cliff, it actually exploded. They oh ended up goodness. doubling their business over the next year with no print marketing. Because no one was doing this email marketing, no one was doing content marketing and the way they were what, doing it. What do you, when you look back, what was your, um, what was your strength? What, I mean, obviously you're, you don't have a lot of competition. Was it just mm-hmm. that you were sending emails, or were you doing anything different? Was it headlines? Was it targeting the right people? It I'm was that we were doing content marketing before anyone was That's even it. had a term for content marketing. Right. People didn't even know what that term was. Right. But we were... We what were, does it mean? Basically, the idea is that you're trying to put content in front of people that they want, that's of use to them, and you're letting that be your marketing. You're not going there with a heavy sales message. Who, so it's who not... Who are going to? Potential it would go to pa- buyers it would go, or, or other brokers or like... Agents? So mostly it would go to their past clients right. or uh, a geographical area that was kind of their their geographical specialty. So those are the two groups of people that they would be sending to. But these were all it was all opt in. So they had acquired these email addresses okay. from people that knew why they were giving their email addresses because sure. we're going to send you great content about your community. And keep in mind this is before you have all that information available. Before really everyone had indexed all the world's information as effectively as they have now. Having something like a community calendar or having you know a good even pumpkin pie recipe in October. Like that was the type of stuff that was actually useful to people back then. It's so crazy. It's kind yeah, of, I remember yeah, that. It's kind of crazy to think now that anyone would care about that because if you want it, you just go you Google, just it. Google it. But back then, like that, <laughs> that it, we, being proactive right. with that content was really cool. Now you have to get much more specialized, high quality, right. niche content to do content marketing effectively. But back then, just having good general community content was something that nobody else was doing. And it was also very radical to basically just say, Here's free information. I'm not asking for anything in return. Real estate agents just didn't do that. They were the ones right. who would immediately, hey, is there any referrals? Right. Do you know of anyone That's who's right. looking to buy or sell? It was, it was one step up from used car salesmen. Yeah. And so when you have my parents who are coming out there and just saying, here's information info, that helps you understand info, your neighborhood info. better. Got you know, it. yeah. Wow, that's special. So, so you and Corey are doing this together. Correct. And and at a certain point, if that's 2002 and we're sitting here in 2017-ish, some, somewhere you guys recognize that maybe there are other agents. How do you how do you bring that up to your parents? What does that evolution look like? So you've got the, you've at got, some point you end up spinning that into your own company, right? Correct. Although okay. you've got the order a little wrong. We didn't bring it to our parents. Our parents brought it to us and said our 
friends keep our friends and colleagues keep bugging us to get to see if you want to build an email program for them too. Of course, do you guys want to do it? So much smarter than you, <laughs> and they're like, "This is going to be great for our kids." <laughs> well, they're just like, we right. don't know what to tell them. Do you guys want right. this work or not? Sure. And we're like, yeah, sure, give them our phone number. We didn't know what to do. We're like, this seems like easier money than <laughs> no. But I love yeah. that they had to come to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so like, you know, this is kind of what a business yeah. looks like We're like when okay. you have the eager customers. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah, now I look back right. and having and to launch so many yeah. stores and businesses right. where you're like just begging to get customers, right. I realize how unique that was and how special that was <laughs> to offer a service and yeah. people want it right. immediately. That doesn't happen, yeah. Um, but we didn't get that at that point. We were just too, we were too young. Well, you're we young. didn't care. You're you young. Um, you're young and young and you're probably living with your parents. Yeah, and at that point, everyone's going to be, you know, movie stars and rock stars and professional athletes. You're still stupid yeah, enough yeah. to think that, you know? Right, right, right. So, well, it's, some of us are. But. Sure. <laughs> so, Okay, they say kind of branch out on your own. Yeah. And then you start servicing other agents. And do you establish your company at that point? Initially, no. I mean, we might have had a – I think we we immediately found something to call ourselves. We called ourselves Wright Brothers Communications. We had a little Smart. airplane logo. But that's the <laughs> that's the only way that it was a company. Like it was not a company. We did an airplane did, logo. Yeah, I don't think we did the DBA. We okay. hadn't done articles of incorporation. We hadn't right. done anything at that point. Um, it really was just we had – we printed up some business cards just so we had something to hand to people. But, okay. but, um, that's about it. Um, and then we would just do it on breaks. Uh, I was, I looked at this almost immediately. As soon as we started getting some real money from this, I immediately was like, cool. I don't have to pretend that I'm going to college anymore. And so I was ready to drop out. Corey really wanted to finish college and, and he ended up actually even getting a master's degree afterwards. And so for the first couple of years of our, of our company, it was Corey working a little more part time or working nights and evenings right. and me being able to devote a little more time to it. Um, but, but Corey also bringing in, infusing our company with a lot of what he's learning in business school, which is really cool. You know, you so, bet. Yeah. So alongside everyone else is kind of going in business school and Corey's like running a business right. at the same time he's trying to learn yeah. about business, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that, that was basically how it evolved. And then over time it got to a point where we were, you know, making enough money basically just to pay ourselves enough to, to eat and stuff. And we're like, cool, this is a company. Let's do it. We're good. Cool. And we kept kind of scaling it. And we honestly, we bumped around like that for, for several years. You know, and then and then I want to know where because this is all sunshine and rainbows. At a certain point, I don't know if it's year three on your own, year five on your own, you and your brother. There's there's something difficult. Something shifts. Something happens with the agents, the markets, other competition. I kind of want to hear about one of your. I'll get. Some, you don't have to get totally specific, but in general, a really difficult time and and part of what we like to share on this show is how we battle through yeah so. well that's that's easy because that was honestly for the like i said the first seven years of our company that was about six of the first seven years oh, really yeah i mean that first year there's all this excitement and sure. enthusiasm but then you have six years of things not going the way you thought they're going to your company doesn't go hockey stick right. and and during that time we're watching all these people, our friends, who are working half as hard as us and making twice as much working at Starbucks as a barista. Literally, like, we're looking at <laughs> yeah. that. I have my friends who are waiting tables right. who are flaunting how their paychecks are three times as big as mine, and they're right. right. You know, and I'm like, shit, like, I'm working, I'm really right. going nuts, you know, work, working really hard. Working really hard, and Corey's doing the same thing, right. and we don't have anything to show for Got it. it. And that's tough. Living with your parents? Yeah, we're living with our parents, and we're, uh, I'm, no, I'm living, uh, I'm living with my girlfriend. Corey's living, uh, with our parents, um, 
And so it was just like, but it was one of these things where, um, but we're, we're certainly, I mean, I remember more than a few times where to eat lunch, I was digging through the cushions to find enough, you know, change to go eat at McDonald's, like that type of thing. And so, um, you know, and it wasn't like abject poverty or anything, but I was very uncomfortable for several years. And I saw all of my friends being able to go on vacations and sure, buy things they sure. wanted and do things. And that was just not available to me at all. Um, and that was, that was frustrating. And, and, and you wonder if you're just wasting all this time. You're just right. like, am I being stupid? Should I just go get in line at another company and work my way up? I could do that. Right. You know, um, all so my what, friends are what, doing What that. made you think either you could or you, you know, where, where was the light at the end of the tunnel? What were you seeing? Was it, an opportunity and just a tweak here and a tweak there. Or, I think I mean, something kept you Corey grinding. And I, Corey and I are both. Uh, we have two qualities that I think really unite us, and they're shared by my dad and everyone in my family. Really, one is uh, we are just eternal optimists. We always That's believe great. that we can turn it around. We always believe that that our best day is tomorrow. It's coming, you know, and and, and we'll put the work in for that. Um, the other thing is that we have a high risk tolerance. We'll keep rolling the dice, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think we liked the idea of saying we're going to bet on ourselves a little longer. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I think it it's was, a, it, it's a good and dangerous combination. <laughs> it is, right? It is. It, it absolutely is. And, and we've learned how to, uh, how to recognize <laughs> right. the good and bad parts of that over time and how to, how to kind of balance that out. But with data and, and facts, <laughs> you know, that helps. Yeah, that helps. Exactly. Sometimes though, facts are, facts are not helpful. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you're, you're staring down the barrel and there's nothing telling you that right. you should keep right. going on except you just believe you should. Right. You know, and every entrepreneur has that moment right. where you're like, look, the whole world's telling you to give up. The universe <laughs> right. has told you this is right. not going to work. Right. The right. only right. reason you show up tomorrow is because there's something inside you that right. thinks it's wrong. Right, right. You know, there's a chance. There's, you're saying there's, there's a, a chance. chance. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that is exciting. And then as I understand it, so Wright Brothers today, since we didn't get into it, just kind of go over the suite of services, what you do as, as the CEO of the year, really what your company offers and provides. And then I want to make sure we pivot and talk about Gorilla Goodies. G2. <laughs> G2. There we go. <laughs> so, but let's talk about Wright Brothers and, and your services, solutions. Yeah, sure. So, um, a lot of what we eventually evolved into from the content marketing, um, and we still do that. We, we still have very, I think the most high functioning realtor websites we do, and we provide all the content. We do e-newsletters. We blast it to social media. We do special listing pages. So it's really for, it's really geared towards the top 5%. And are they paying a monthly fee? They're paying a monthly fee, okay. but it's a flat rate. I think it's $300 a month. Um, 300 bucks a month. 300 bucks a month. But they probably get a get host. Everything. You get, get everything. everything. You get everything. What's really cool is that you just have you have all of your online marketing just kind of automated, and you have a team that really takes. That care is of really it. powerful. I mean, I'm obviously I'm no agent, but I'm thinking if I'm an agent and you sell one or two or whatever homes, it, it kind of obviously pays for itself. It's one way to think about it. Another way to think about it, and this is the way the most real estate agents think about it, is that the average real estate agent pays a little over four hundred dollars a year on online marketing expenses we charge $300 a month. And so what that means is that there's very few agents that actually can justify the cost of our service and afford it. So we end up working with really top high-end agents. 
um, who that's did think a, that's so. a great that's a great way to look at yeah. it. Sure, sure. Um, and, and it's just you know, and I totally get that. I mean, if you're if you're new to the business, your time's going to be better spent at open houses and things like that than maybe having a slick website. Maybe that's changing a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends what kind of market you're hitting, what kind of services you're providing. Three hundred dollars is well. Keep in mind, most brokerages will offer you an out of the box website, yeah. so you have something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so ours is the upgrade for Got people it. who say I want something better than what everyone cool. else in my office. And then has. just make sure I share a link to that because I know there are many real estate agents listening to this show. They can find everything we're talking about right here at rightbrosinc.com. Sweet. So um, I'll add that too. Uh, so then the next thing that we do, and this is uh, eventually what it evolved into and really what became our bread and butter in the real estate industry was doing recruiting for, um, really Keller Williams brokerages. Now we work with a lot of brokerages, but helping brokerages that want to grow and bring new agents uh, onto their team, we become their online recruiting arm and we are very active on job boards, bringing new people in people, maybe who didn't even think about a career in real estate. We'll find them. We found out one of the biggest impediments to people getting into the business is they didn't understand the licensing okay. process. Uh, what I want to understand, sorry to cut you off. How, how do you get involved? Because I know there's a good answer here. There is. And a good story is what I mean. Like, how do you get involved? I want to guess, but I'll just shut up. How do you get involved in recruiting? Yeah, so basically we would go, and the way that we would sell our uh, content marketing service to agents mm. is that we would go at their office meetings. Every yep. office has Tuesday office meeting. And we would go, and Corey and I would do this little dog and pony show. Right. We'd go, and we'd have a projector, and we'd tell them all about our marketing service, and people yep. would come up and sign with us afterwards. Well, we'd have to set these up with with the office managers. One of these office managers, a Keller Williams um, a Keller Williams office manager, a team leader is what they're called there, he comes up to us afterwards, and he says, I need what you're doing for my agents, but I need it for me to get new agents. He's like, I need a, he's like, I need content marketing for recruiting. I was like, cool. Uh, so I remember I went to, for some reason I was in a, I was in Phoenix and just hold up in Phoenix. And my girlfriend at the time had a, a conference out there. So I just decided in a hotel room in Phoenix, I put the whole thing together and we designed something that was a lot different than even what he asked for is kind of this whole website and all that sure. recruiting and active on job boards. We pitched it to him and he loved it. And he said, if you build this, I'll buy it. Not only that, I got 150 people at Keller Williams who will buy it. It didn't turn out exactly like right. that. We had to do a little sales and stuff. Sure. But over time, we did come to get – now we have about 350 to 400. But I think the beauty for the listener, <clears throat> assuming you're still with us, yeah. is, sure, sure, is, is this idea that as you're moving down a path – and I don't mean you. I don't mean me. I don't even – it just – as anyone is, you, you have these kind of corridor – in fact, I think it's called the corridor principle. So, mm-hmm. so you're going down a path and the door opens on the left or a door yeah. opens on the right. You would never have ex- been exposed to that door, um, that opportunity if you weren't already marching down the corridor. So I just, I think that is a beautiful example for this guy to approach and go, Hey, what you're doing for the agents is rad. I need to use that to recruit new agents. Yeah. I, I wow. think I think it's a really good point that you bring up, and it's one of the reasons why um, I, I think it's so important to just get to market as quickly as possible. Whatever you're doing, get just in front get of customers, feedback, right? get feedback, like yeah. see what they oh. tell you. So many times, your shitty product, right. um, you know, the first customer review tells you what the good product sure. is. You're like, oh my god, that's what we should have been doing. <laughs> you're like, um, right. I, I can't tell you how many yeah. times that's happened sure. to us. And so, uh, yeah, I think your corridor principle is exactly right. That you just get things out there and see what people teach you. Uh, a lot of times, people understand your company and where it's supposed to go better right. than you do. That's beautiful. Well, that 
is better than I could have planned it, a segue to G2. <laughs> yeah. Because if there's ever been um, – it's almost the science of the corridor principle. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about Gorilla Goodies mm-hmm. because I had so much fun with this. I interviewed you not for the podcast but for a blog post when you were you were the, the hit of the internet with your nativity scene. <laughs> yeah. And you guys were on every news channel, you were on every every huge uh like Huffington Post and you know every massive blog, mashable so that's really exciting, and, and what I find fascinating is, in many ways, it's a side pet project. So um, talk to me about why you – well, what, what was the germination for the nativity scene? And then I think that's what rolled into Gorilla uh, Goodies. So – all right, just a quick timeout. Want to make sure you're aware that when you subscribe, that is you hit the subscribe button, you're going to get three episodes automatically delivered to you and in some cases wirelessly. So you'll get your Mind Bullet Monday, your interview on Wednesday, and of course your Frequently Asked Friday all automatically delivered when you subscribe. And on a related note, Just want to make sure you realize it helps Henry and I tremendously, if you're getting value, to leave a quick review, particularly in iTunes. iTunes values reviews. It weighs them very heavily, and that helps the show rankings and how we can spread our message. And one more uh, quick note about our great sponsor, audible.com. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, Kill a couple birds with one stone. Get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, the more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. Hundred and eighty thousand titles to choose from. You get one free book a month. Thirty percent off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits. To goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals, and that is the number two. Sure. So the way that the, the whole e-commerce experiment started was that my brother basically came to me. He had he was going to be uh, his wife was out of town for the weekend. Um, she had. And this a, is just last year. This is May of last year. May of us. May so of last year. She was literally on, uh, a, a little year, right? less than a year ago, yeah. um, and and she's out of town for the weekend. And so Corey's like, you know, I have a friend who set up a Shopify store and he's doing really well with it. It was something he said it was really easy to set up. And we've always wanted to do kind of a physical product thing. I think this is the weekend to do it. I've got plenty of time. He's like, I'll set up a Shopify store. He's like, I need you to do two things, Casey. I need you to pick out the product and I need you to drive traffic to the site once I get it up to kind of be in charge of getting the sales and the marketing for it. I was like, cool, let's do it. So 
uh, I go on Alibaba. He's like, pick anything on Alibaba. We can sell anything on Alibaba. We can source that. I was like, great. So I go on there. I'm like, we should do something connected to the campaign. This is right when uh, the the nomination process is almost winding down, so we're about to head into the general. <laughs> and I'm going this is so good. And I'm going. This Donald Trump guy is going to be in the news for a while. I'm like, we should do something about that. I was like, let's do a Donald Trump bobblehead, Genius. bobblehead doll. That was always, all you. It was all yeah. We'll just coming up with that. Right, so right, I search right. it on the on Alibaba, and sure enough, there's a Donald Trump bobblehead doll. I'm like, great, a let's Donald do Trump bobblehead doll. So we do it. Corey's like, great, perfect. Yeah, as soon as he hears it, he loves it. He's like, this is. May, June, July, whatever, by the time it hits the market. Yes, May of last year. Our first sale, I think, was like May 13th or something, according wow. to the exact dates. But it's uh, well before the election. It was before he even wrapped up the nomination. So yeah. he hadn't even gotten the Republican nomination, although it was pretty clear. And that, nobody thought he was. Well, this is about <laughs> two weeks before he sewed it up. So people were pretty sure he was going to get it, although it was still people were like, yeah. I can't believe this is happening kind of mode. So, anyways, um, we're, we're like, let's do a Don Trump bobblehead. We deploy some, Corey sets up the store over the weekend, just like he said he would. <laughs> he gets me the links by the end of the weekend. I, uh, I set up a series of very simple Facebook ads, just like I said I would. We come in on Monday and we're like, holy shit. Did you see what happened? No way. All of a sudden we're just, these sales are spiking and we're like, really? we couldn't believe it. We, we had ordered a thousand bobbleheads just, <laughs> um, just because we wanted right. to get them in sure, here. Sure. By the time they even started the production, we upped the order to three. By the time they did that, we upped it to 10,000 because we were just selling so many bobbleheads. Oh my. God. So, OMG. Yeah. So that just. That's exciting. That's exciting. And how long did it take to. I had the crappiest Shopify store experience, um, but it was years ago. So I'm just wondering what. It sounds like it was awesome and very easy and good, quick to set up. So I, Yeah, I can't speak to what it was like several years ago. I know our experience has been great, and our whole business yeah. runs great. on Shopify now. Great. We love it. And um, you have how many stores now? We have – I just looked it up. We have eight active stores right now. That's um, amazing. Yeah, and, and that could be anything from a store that we're really moving product. We have it sourced. Sure. It's mature to something that we're just testing product to see if we want to move forward on Do it. Do they – and they charge – there's not like a six-store package, right? No, so everything's – Yeah, I mean, everything's individual. So yeah. it's like – a hundred bucks a month or 90 or I mean 40 or they have three different packages. So they have like a, a base package that I think is like $30 a month and they have like their pro package, which is $80 a month. I think we usually end up starting with that one. And then they have what's known as Shopify plus, which I think is like $2,000 a month, Whoa! but you get much lower um, rates. Right, right, right. And then, so if it's a high volume store, that makes sense. I think we have one store that's on that. So wow. once, once a store gets a really high volume, you have to be clearing, I think it's like $700,000 a month for it to make sense. But wow. if you get to that point, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and I guess that's good in some ways, too, because they control that merchant relationship. Because mm-hmm. I've heard so many nightmare stories about uh, PayPal just, like, holding money, withholding money from the entrepreneurs. We saw that firsthand. They took uh, they held on to $150,000 of our money when we really needed it. When too. was this? Uh, this would have been last year, right? When it's all happening. So one of the things that happened when our store started blowing up, um, yeah, is panic. <laughs> well, so we, we set up two payment options on our site, which is the default one for Shopify and one for PayPal. And okay. it, it runs almost about half. And so what it, it's about half and half. Oh, um, shit. And so what happens is all of a sudden we try and move our money out of PayPal and they say, nope, you can't. We're like, why? They're like, uh, we have some questions about your account. We're not used to seeing an account get this much sales and this much volume this quickly. And so we're sure. concerned. 
I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? They're like, we're just going to hold on to your money. You yeah. can keep putting money in right. the account. We're just not going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so you're just stealing our money. That's right. And uh, which is basically what it is. I mean, it's 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 legal theft. It's, but we were able to. I mean, you you fight through it. And well, I'm glad we I asked. So yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're able to fight, fight through. I mean, eventually you you negotiate with them. Basically, it's all it's all bullshit. It's all they get to decide the rules of the of the game. So, but you can negotiate with them. What and does so, that mean? I don't understand. What's the negotiation? It's your money. Why is there a negotiation? So what they would say is that. Is they would say we're going to hold on to the money for twelve months until we can be sure that there aren't going to be in return. They could say something like that, and and they would say you have the option to turn off PayPal as an option, and then Can't, yeah, which right? maybe you should. So so, but the other thing you can do is um, show them that your return policy is thirty or sixty days and and not twelve months. So that can be part of the negotiation okay. process, right? So you can show them that you can say, look, in our terms of service, it shows. So you're this. still using them. Yeah, we still use okay. them. It still makes sense. People love the payment yeah. option, and people have PayPal accounts. It'll it'll sure. increase conversions. We've tried it on different stores. We've split tested it. it. So it's it's a deal with the devil, but it's worth it. And in any e commerce, you're making a lot of deals with the devil, whether it's Chinese manufacturers or Amazon places. So how much how much are they letting you take out at a time? Is it like now 30%? we're in pretty good shape. No, no, no. Now now it's it's normalized and everything because they've seen that it's we have uh, no chargebacks, very low returns. We're really good with customer service. Customers love our products, so we do really well on that. Okay. So at this point, I think. They keep a little reserve. I think it's like uh, it's a rolling percentage. 20%. I think it's like ten to twenty percent of our total transactions over the last. Well, I'm glad years. I asked. Good, yeah, huge. So that entire adventure experience begins with a Donald, and I was laughing yeah. when you were talking because I was thinking that's got to be the cover of the podcast of Donald Trump. Uh, but no, I can't do that. It's got to be your. Your handsome face. So, um, yeah, you can feel free to use the bobblehead if you want. Uh, but I was laughing because that, so, so it starts with Donald Trump. Exactly. Bobblehead. So we, at this point now, we've, what had, does the ad say, by the way? The, the first ad? Yeah. So, oh, uh, you'll love this. It's a, uh, it's a photoshopped ad that we uh -huh. did. And it's literally got a picture of Donald Trump holding our bobblehead doll. And it says, when I win, I'm going to put this in the Oval Office. Shut up. Yeah. That was great. That <laughs> this kid killed it. People loved it. So if you're a Donald Trump fan, you're like, I'm going to have the same bobblehead that Donald Trump's putting in the White House. So uh, we, there, there we no sent one like, to him. I don't know if no he actually like, put it. Yeah. There's no, like, copyright or... I oh, mean, no, we're being, we're being sued, but yeah. You are? Yeah. By DT? No, not by, not by Trump. By some other bobblehead company. But yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, just so, in general. What? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into this. No, but it's, well, a little. Yeah, but be, yeah, okay, so we can get in a little bit. Basically, so when we went on to Alibaba to source the bobblehead yeah. doll, remember I said, oh, they have one on Alibaba, we'll just yeah. do that one. So uh, as it turns out, that was another company's bobblehead doll. Well, there's 20 different manufacturers on there that had that listed as an image, so we just thought that was like a public domain thing. We never actually ended up selling that bobblehead because we had to create our own mold and everything right. like that. But we had product imagery for like the first 20 days that had that bobblehead doll. They saw how much money they we made. They think it's theirs and they're just – At the end of the day, it's, it's an attorney who realized how much money you're making and reached out to the bobblehead manufacturer, offered to take the case in contingency and is like, I think these guys are making a lot of money. We want some. It's not going to work. It's not working. They so. don't have a monopoly on – No. Well, even the even better news for us is that our insurance company is covering it. So, Wow. Yeah. So we go from DT's 
bobbling head. Yeah. And then what's the next uh, experience? So after that, we've had such a good experience with our Chinese manufacturer, which we find out is very rare. Most people, their first go around with a Chinese manufacturer are not happy. They get totally screwed. And we didn't have that experience at yeah. all. These guys crushed it for us. Cool. High quality product, hit really t- tight deadlines for us, great pricing right. and everything. Amazing. So we're, at, we're, we're building on the success of the e-commerce. They also did another bobblehead for us during the season. We did a Hillary for prison bobblehead, which did really well. Uh, and so we had a lot of success them. And so I was like, I want to figure out what else we can do with this manufacturer. Well, as it turns out, they're a polyresin manufacturer, and there's not a whole lot you can make with polyresin. But one of the things you can make with polyresin is a nativity set. That's just one of the things you can build. It's like bobblehead dolls, trophies, nativity sets. That's it. That's so random. It's really random. But I was basically, I was like, well, how do I sell a nativity set on Facebook? I was like, we, it has to be Seriously, something. that's how you started solving the problem? Yeah. Wow. Because I was like, I know we need to solve the. Well, it gets right. funnier than that. I was yeah. like, so we want to try and sell this thing on Facebook. I was like, it sure. needs to be something that when you see the image, it makes you laugh. People right. want to share it with their friends. Right, it needs right. to be viral. And so we came up with the idea of the, the hipster nativity set, you know, with the solar right, panel. Which I can see over your shoulder, which yeah, I love. Exactly. And so, and we, we're like, cool, we hit the mark here. This is going to be everyone we showed it to laughed and everything. But you we're, don't actually build it. You probably just advertise no, it. No, this one we oh. had to build because it was, it's really intricate. It takes us several months to get the source, to get the, uh, the pieces so built. built. They're all custom. First. We had to build the whole thing. You have to, you have to guess how many orders. You have a 45 day sales window. What did you? And so you have if to, you, just in general, like how much did you have to invest? So we had, I can tell you exactly. We bought 5,000 of these at about as a little over $30 a unit. So we were in for a little over 150 grand before we sold a single unit. And I didn't know, I mean, we don't really know what we're doing. So here's the, like, we really don't. <laughs> right. Like I look back at that now and like, that was such a fatal error that should not have worked. So here's what, but it's so genius, not the error, but the, the actual product is so genius. Um, but yeah, that could have been fatal. It could have that's, gone so badly. And here's the, so here's what happens. It can, my whole plan was to sell this on Facebook, which we've had so much success mm-hmm. doing with Trump. And well, I deploy ads and for a week, nothing. Shut down? Nothing. Literally, we Is don't get a single. Uh, we're oh, getting, so the ads are running. The ads are running. Buying. Nobody's buying them. Nobody wants it. We're getting visitors to the site, but nobody's buying. Nobody oh, likes no. it. No. I and thought so, you were saying no, no. Facebook was banning no, it. No, no, no. I run, run $2,000 of ads without getting a single like ad to cart. Nobody wants the damn thing. <sighs> and I'm like, I'm about, I'm literally going on vacation the next day. Do you have your super cool video at that point no, we on the not, landing page? No, not okay. yet. Got not it. yet. Because well, I thought uh, that, that video. Yeah, by the way, the, you know who made that video? New York Post. That's not us. We didn't make that. New York Post made that video. Which is even But better, that was man. once we started getting the coverage. Yeah, that, that video is great. So here's what happens. So we can't sell this thing on Facebook, which is our whole plan. And so I, um, I'm about to leave for vacation the next day. My whole job was to make sure that we had the sales figured out for this before I leave for vacation. Right. And I, we're crickets. And I, I don't know what to do. So I'm finally, I just lob out. Uh, a call to our, our, we had, I asked our PR company to give us like a bid about what it would be to get a little PR for this thing. Sure. And she comes back to me and was like, Oh, it's going to cost you $8,000. We can get you some media stuff like this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, listen, Maggie, she's a good friend. We worked on a lot of stuff. I was right. like, I was like, listen, Maggie, how about this? I've got $150,000 of product here that I don't know how the fuck to move. Um, <laughs> what do you think about going on a conversion based deal on this? I was like, this thing could be up to $650,000 of the merchandise. I'm like, we'll split it down. Like we'll split it down in the middle with you. Stop thinking about an $8,000 paycheck. You could walk away with a hundred thousand dollar paycheck. What do you think? I was like, but you need to work. Maggie jumped on that. She, she, no, she didn't jump oh. on it. She was like, uh, it's interesting. Let me think about it. 
And so she went back and she thought about it. I get, I leave for vacation the next day and then I get the call from Corey. He's like, they're going to move forward on it. We're going to do it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so they go to work and within a week they get us front page of Reddit, they get us mashable and everything starts blowing up. So they really, they were the, the secret weapon that made the whole thing Maggie work. Maggie was. Maggie was the PR company and they yeah. started getting us all this media coverage and then it starts blowing up. And then, um, well, and that's but how you we were the secret to, uh, at least get her to consider that. Yeah, I was just up. panicking. Honestly, if I was not, <laughs> honestly, and here's the thing, if I was not leaving I for vacation, panicking. if I was not leaving for vacation the next day, I don't think I would have made hey, that. Hey, look, so going back to your two traits, yeah. right? Optimism and a high tolerance for uh, <laughs> pain, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So this is where I'm going to try to add some color commentary here. This is where a lot of people, um, will sit on the fence and hesitate and hesitate and hesitate. Uh, you just, and, and by the way, I'm not advocating spending 150 grand on a product, but, but at least you went in, you got product, you got, you, you just, you had skin in the game. Yeah. Once you have the product and it's good, um, you're committed. You're going to find a way. If it wasn't Maggie, it would have been something else. You would have kept, uh, so, so I think, the moral to the story, at least from my perspective, is um, you were just going. You were you were invested, literally, figuratively, and and at that point, you're committed to finding a way to make it work. I think at our company, everybody has this um, this idea that we know none of us expected to work right the first time. Cool. So we all are kind of like, cool. This this didn't work. Now what? Right. Let's go to work on something else. Cool. Let's figure this out. And so. That, I think that ethic has served us very well in e-commerce where we don't panic when something goes wrong. Um, we just go, cool, let's try the next thing. Let's try the next thing. Let's try the next thing. And until, and we just, until we run out of bullets, we're going to keep shooting. You know? So, yeah. And I'm, I don't know if you're still selling that nativity scene, but yeah. I will include links to that. So what's, is there anything you can disclose? Uh, you said you have eight stores anything mm-hmm. really cool you worth talking about real quick yeah we, we, i'm actually pretty excited about uh this one that we just got so you'll see the little donald trump uh, portraits over there that are being <laughs> autographed yep so we actually found a printing process that can simulate an autograph very effectively and we're still perfecting it right now but we're very close to perfecting it and it's basically a customized so somebody so, will type in a message so you can customize a message it's a great gag gift to your friend that you can basically get it looks like an autograph message that's from the president really cool. saying whatever you want that's amazing and it reminds me of you've seen those the twitter website right yeah so i posted that like a year ago where it's like Dummy Martin Grunberg. <laughs> shows like 40,000 retweets or something. Um, and it's all him. So, yeah, that's great, man. Why not? It's great. It's, it's, it's fun. It's really fun. And, um, and, and eventually we could expand this to other politicians and maybe other celebrities. And there's been no pushback about ownership, copyright. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we're... You think the orange man wants to own his grill. (laughs) So generally speaking, with presidents and public figures, their rights of personality, and I'm not an attorney, so whoever's listening to this, do not take my advice on this. My attorney probably doesn't. And neither am I. But their rights of personality are reduced, which is what gives you a little bit of wiggle room with that. Um, But yeah, if we were just doing this blatantly for... And and also, I think the fact that we pose it as a satire product... uh, Yeah, it's not the official... DT. Exactly. So I could do this. I mean, this has been so fun. Um, we're going to have to round second. We should probably be 
hitting home right now. We got a few few things. I, do we, should we just go rapid fire? Should I like short keep my up. answers? Short? No, no, it's type, not or? you. It's me. Okay. <laughs> I feel, it feels like it's me. I feel like I'm doing all the talking. It's not you. It's <laughs> me. So let's just jump to the biggie. Okay. How do you define success? It's interesting. I saw this on the pre You're a great thinker the pre prep, and I really had a hard time with this. I was like, I for me, I I think. Success is improvement. It's getting better every day. That's what we really love. Uh, love that's, when I, that's when I feel that I'm at my best, when I can look back at the end of the day and I can say, there's something I do better at the end of today than I did at the beginning. I love it. That's rapid fire, Ash. Hey, your uh, best two or three habits. My best two or three habits. I go to the gym pretty much every day. I'm very religious about that. Right. Um, I, I have a morning ritual. Um, that I go through every single morning. And again, I don't uh, waffle on that, whether I'm on vacation or whatever. Um, right. and it's pretty simple, but it's just steadying to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, I'm trying to think the third habit I would have. Um, I read three books a month, which is three I mean, books a month. Yeah. All audiobook, but it really Sweet. adds up. I mean, that's the thing. It's so funny because dropping out of college, and it's like, I, I remember seeing the, the, the amount of books you read during college. It's something like, you know, let's say it's 63 books you're going to read throughout all of college. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe. I don't think it's that much. Let's say it is. If you I, really actually, I actually made it through college and it wasn't 63. But let the, but then you think about the, the amount of books that the average college graduate reads per year afterwards. And it's and none. It's none. And so you, you realize that you can very quickly have 35 degrees in your life if you're willing to read a couple books every once in a while. So. That's fantastic, and and the listener probably hates me saying this because they hear it in every episode, but I'm always pitching Audible as like one of our sponsors, and we have a special link, and you can get a free book. Uh, I want to say a free book a month with the membership, but you also just uh, – you can – your very first book is just free outright. Like it's free trial is what it's, I'm trying to say. So I so Audible Audible is my thing. I'll, I'll give a little plug for Audible here because Audible has been life-changing for me. Oh, I, I say I do three books a month. They're all audio. It's right. all that I do. And there's a few things I think are important about audio that makes them superior to other books, okay. especially for busy people. First of all, a book has to get your undivided attention. It means you can't be doing anything else. An audio book you can be doing while you're driving, or you're at the gym, you're walking your dog, you're cleaning your house. So it just opens up windows of learning that aren't available when you're Does sitting Does that up. interfere? If you're walking your dog, are you really paying attention? There's actually a lot of research on this that shows that it actually anchors the learning even better when you're moving through a physical space because you're taking in new information uh, visually as you're actually absorbing the information auditorily. So they've actually cool. been able to show that you can even improve retention. Beyond that, I also love the fact that you can uh, double, triple the speed. I think that's huge. There are sometimes you have books that right. you can listen to it. Sometimes I think this podcast is much better at uh, one and a half times. Right? Most Honestly, things are. Most things are. One and a half times is uh, totally listenable and you absorb it all. And then you can go through one and a half times as much content. That's exactly right. And by the way, it's not, it's not binary either. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll I, like I have a lot of books where I love when they get into the dense, right. like kind of principled stuff, right. but then when they start telling the anecdotal stories, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. So I'll slow it. So I'll slow it right. down when they're getting sure. the stuff I really want to hear and they right. speed up for the stuff I don't. Got if something it. really interesting comes up, I'll slow it down. That's great. But that way you can really kind of customize your experience a little bit. And then the other thing is Audible has channels now, which are just amazing. Mm. Uh, if you get beyond the books, you can go to the channels and they literally, they have somebody that'll read you the front page of the New York Times every single day by article. You can go with the Atlantic, all of the best news sources out there. I mean, Audible to me is my one-stop line. That was a corridor principle for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure it was. Yeah, because they didn't have that. That's a really neat little it's, feature. I love wow. it. It brings you back to the app every day. Um, and so, so 
something I'm going to do on this one. It just occurred to me. So this podcast is three seasons, mm-hmm. and I have the Habit Factor and Audible, the Pressure Paradox and Audible. Uh-huh. And it occurred to me to hang the sample at the end of a not every podcast, but because you're you're already listening. Uh, yeah. to it. boom, simple and. It's been great. So at the very least, do like an excerpt, or right? Something. Well, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. It's the yeah. it's the audible sample, and it's a very good excerpt. That's great. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we hit the habits. We hit success. This is a cheesy question. <laughs> Name a hero. Oh, and why? I I'd have to say my dad. My yeah, dad's I my knew hero. it. Yeah. And that's not cheesy, but it's not. It's just, it, anything else would be a lie. I mean, I could make something up that sounds. Cool. Better. What's his greatest character trait? If you didn't already touch on it, uh, his integrity. Great. He's he's the most honest man I've ever met. Well, you know what? And I've shared this on the podcast before. The most fascinating interpretation of integrity, because mm-hmm. you're a great thinker, is um, when you are integrated with your values. Yeah. That's so uh, that's a there's integrity there. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's a, that's and that's a much more complete definition of how to explain my father. What I just said is being honest because you're right. That is really what it is. Is my dad? A lot of people talk about you know uh, values that sound good, sure, but yeah, yeah. they're not aspirational for my dad. My right. dad really lives them. And when you integrate them into your life, and yeah, you live them, then then that's true integrity. That's Absolutely. great. Um, all right. Let's see. Where are we on my checklist? Your habits. If you, you're already such a young man, but if you could go back and talk to that smart ass 18, 19 year old C dub, what do you tell him after you get done smacking him? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this. I was like, first of all, 20 year old me would not listen to a damn thing that's, that somebody that's said. That's what I always say. Yeah. I'm like, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, I could tell him anything. He's not going to yeah, listen. He's not going to listen. Yeah. So <laughs> I just say, yeah. That's enjoy, honestly. Enjoy, but what would yeah. you tell him? Uh, what would you tell him that he's not going to listen? You know what I really would say? I would say, and I actually think my 20 year old self might have been available to this. Find ways to put the wind at your back. Um, I think that in life, you have these options where you can choose a path where everything's growing and exploding and doing well or ones where, I mean, if you're running a you, VHS. You're either going upstream or downstream. If and, you're running a VHS rental store right now, I don't care how good of an entrepreneur you are. You're going out of business, right? right? In that's, the same, that's and, upstream. Yeah. And in the same sense, if you're in e-commerce right now, you don't even have to be good at it and you're probably going to make some money. Like, it's yeah. like that's I'm seeing that happening. Right, right. So um, that's a big part of why we're in that space right now. A rising tide lifts all boats. Exactly. Find mm-hmm. ways to see where the world's going and align mm-hmm. yourself. You that's know. great. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad I asked. Um, you are. We just went through it. So this is a natural segue, sort of. Give me your top two or three transformational books, books you've you really that, that have impacted you. Well, thinking. I hope it's not too cheesy to say habit factor, but I, Shut really, up. I really do believe that. that <laughs> no, I really do believe that because I, I think that that and you talk about integrating values into your life that starts with habits. That's really where that starts because um, your values should express themselves in the way that you should, you spend your time. And I think that, that that's, that's what habits force you to do. They force you to say, if you're serious about this, do it every day. Let's see it. Um, so, so for me, that, that is a transformational concept and it's something daily habit tracking for me is something that, that has changed my life and that I will always, I will always have as part of my life. Wow. I'm so stoked to hear that. Just quick 
parenthetic comment in that we were just talking about integrity and character. Mm -hmm. Well, habit, the Latin root is habitus, which means condition or character. Yeah. So, so what you were just saying is spot on. It's, it's the Latins are just a couple thousand years ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's exactly that. It's, it's you, you are what you do, so to speak. Uh, you are the sum total, you, me, everybody, sum total of our thought habits and our behavior habits to this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, first of all, thanks for acknowledging it. It's funny in the early, in the, in the early interviews, I almost felt like guests felt obligated to mention it. And then I would always be like, stop mentioning, stop mentioning. And then I had this series of interviews nobody's ever mentioned, which is fine. And then uh, I don't really, really care. And then anyways, thank you for mentioning it. That's great. What else you got? Um, I would also say recently um, reading Sapiens is a really fun Sapiens, book. It's a really cool book. It's, it's, it's a heady book. It's scientific, but it's got just it. a fun, interesting way to look at the world. And it's something I, I reflect on often. Who wrote that? I have no okay. idea. I have no idea. I'm sorry. It's okay. a person who's written some really good books, okay. too. I've read some of his other stuff, and it's great, too. So it's, it sucks that I can't remember his got name. Got it. Um, that's one of the downsides to, to Audible is that you don't have to look at the book cover that's all right. the time. So you don't, I, people, I'm like, I don't know what the book looks like in the store. <laughs> I don't know what the author's name yeah, is. Yeah, that's what um, Google's for, man. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then the other one I would have, I, I would say, uh, Charisma Myth is one that I would put out there. Uh, Charisma Myth is... That sound, I love the title. It's so great. I mean, you can tell by the title what it is. It's this, uh, it, the, it, or kind of the space that they're playing in, which is this idea that charisma can be learned and can be taught. Sure. Um, and I very much believe that. I've very much seen that. And it's funny when you talk to, especially a lot of younger entrepreneurs, they'll say, you know, God, I wish that I just had that charisma. I wish I could walk into a room and make people believe me. I'm like, you can if you're willing to put some work right, in. Right, right. Like, that's just a learned skill. And that's really what this book does. It kind of breaks down what that skill is and how you, I can, love that. How you can acquire it. Yeah. Well, I love that. So probably because, and this may be our longest interview ever, so my apologies. <laughs> probably because I, uh, so I did a keynote last week to a real estate group, like 150, 120, something like that. But the reason I bring it up is there were themes I touched on right at the beginning, and it was um, turning a weakness to a strength because it's very trendy right now, largely because of Strength Finders, which is a great book, mm-hmm. to say, fuck your weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. And and um, the habit factor wouldn't exist if that were the case. So for me, I, I challenge that idea. I think your, your weakness, listener... You may, your weakness is a gift if you do what you just said, put time and intention. And so to give you an example, I think I just said this on the last podcast, so I'm repeating myself, but, but it's worth, I think for you to hear. So strength finder said this, my five strengths, uh, in order, strategic, relater, achiever, futurist, positivity, and what I find totally fascinating, Casey, is when I uh, look at that in that order, um, positivity and achiever would not have been there 15, 20 years ago. Right. So those were, those were great weaknesses for me. And the habit factor exists because I didn't know how to freaking achieve a goal. Well, I, you know, I, I believe that very much that, that sometimes your greatest weaknesses, especially if they're weaknesses early on in life and you put attention on them, um, can turn into some of your greatest right. strengths. 
I, I often share the charisma myth. One of the reasons it's so personal to me is because I'm, uh, I was painfully introverted as a kid. Um, to the point where I would literally have my brother like go up and ask the girl at McDonald's for an right, extra right, ketchup because right. I was right. just afraid no, that's to talk to crazy to me. I, I never. It's crazy to most people who know me, right. but, but the, what, what that means is that, um, you know, being outgoing to me is not something that comes naturally, but I have really deconstructed the science of, of relating to other people, of confidence, of, Good. of body language. Sure. And because of that, I'll understand it in a way that somebody who's naturally gifted at it almost never will. Because I had to fight so hard to understand it. And that reminds me, I know we were trying to shorten this out, but this is so good. It reminds me of the best coaches, for instance, in basketball, say in, in, I mean, you could pick any sport. They're often the bench players, yeah. right? They're not the, they're not the best players on the team. Cause because the only it, way they got on a team was by really they had understanding to work the game. really yeah. hard. They're on the bench and they're learning and they're, so, so you got Phil Jackson or, um, Pat Riley. Well, Luke Walton's a great example yeah, of this. A guy well, who was never that great of a player now has stepped in and had immediate success yep, as a coach. Yep. I was yeah. actually thinking Bill Bill was a great player. But mm-hmm. the point is, same exact thing. They they're sitting on the sidelines a little. It's not coming naturally. They gotta learn it. They're they're dissecting it in ways people aren't. So wow. Look at, look at Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan won a bunch uh, of championships together. Michael right. Jordan can't coach and Steve Kerr can, you know. And Magic tried to coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that did not go yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot um, to that. All right, so we hit the books. We are almost at home base, speaking of <laughs> basketball. <laughs> uh, we hit the books. I, you're, you're, uh, you're a techie. So when it comes to favorite app, website, tech tool, anything but your smartphone itself, like what, what Berman listed like, I don't know how many websites. So what what are your top three or show apps or websites? I mean, honestly, I can tell you that right now I spend my entire life in two places, which is Shopify and Facebook ads. Shopify. And That's what we're doing. That's where I spend all my What's time. What's your best tip or resource to learn? So somebody's listening. They're like, I want to get better at Facebook ads. Or yeah, Shopify. I'm sure they have their own resource center or something. But if you could point somebody somewhere, well, actually, I uh, have a good answer to this because we have our whole team taking it. It's the Digital Marker HQ. Okay, um, Digital Marker out of Austin. Yeah. They do uh, Traffic Conversion Summit every year here yep. in San Diego. But yep. they have these great online courses. And if you're a business owner, I think you can buy like a license for two hundred dollars a month, and then you can get as many people as you want taking up to eight courses. They're really good. Are really they really good. good? Yeah. So I've got my whole team taking all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just trying to see if we have any cleanup questions. Yes, we do. What, if anything, uh, is there with all these stores and all these amazing products and services, anything we can link to, direct? People want to find out more about you, your company, your products. Um, I can hang those links out, but if you have anything currently you're promoting, feel free to mention it now. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything we're actively promoting. Uh, GorillaGoodies.com would be the place where you can kind of learn about our <laughs> e-commerce company. There's not, we're not really pitching anything there, but you can learn a little bit about the company. RightBrosInc.com is where you can find out about kind of the real estate right. arm of the company. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. If you want to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at Casey at either one of those URLs. So, yeah. Unbelievable enlightening, um, super entertaining, and just always a joy to be around you. You're a great thinker. Thank you, my man. Likewise. Always a pleasure. Handshake over the mic, and uh, now you get to say goodbye to the listener. And thank you, listener. Thank you. I, I had a blast. Thank you, Martin.
You're a great man, Casey. Bye. We'll see you at the next episode.